Good morning, it's nice to be with you. This mic is very good, so that's aye, brilliant. So I'll need to get one of these, aye. <laughs> so it's nice to be with you this morning and uh, thanks for the people who come over on Thursday night there. You know, it was good to hear uh, what Eileen was saying about the, the, the Billy Graham thing, about the presence of God, you know, moving in the place and some of the songs we sang this morning, you know, that is really my heart's cry, you know, some of the lines in the songs, you know, may your glory fill this place, you know, we're believing you know, for the presence of God to touch us in these days, you know, and man, God, God to manifest himself within the meetings and uh, without, I think, without the presence of God, we've really got nothing you know, our prayers, they hit off the ceiling and come back, you know, it's the presence of God that brings that quickens our spirits, you know and brings comfort so on Thursday night there, you know, I just want to thank the people who come over uh, to, to, to the meeting in Motherwell. We, we had a, a special event, and uh, there's so many people in this in, in this kind of church who have been, you know, a great support to me. People like Hugh and Sandy, and Graham uh, and, and, and different people, but. Uh, Sheila and, and Joe were over the other night as well and uh, the girls were doing the worship, Adele and Elizabeth and Jillian, you know, we had about, uh, must have been, there was different estimates about the amount of people were there, but there must have been, there could have been up to 150 people there, you know, the place was stowed and I knew for the Monday, but I started getting text messages in. Uh, the meeting's been going for four years and never once have I uh, tried to advertise anything never once have I tried to get people in so but I decided because Jay, Jay Fallon was coming because Jay Fallon was coming and I said I'll try and put the word out and I was putting the word out and some of the people were putting the word out and messages started coming by that there was people coming from everywhere and I said to Sandy I said I don't know how we're going to cope with this with seats and all that but Sandy and Tommy Proctor came in and just kind of took over with the seats and stuff like that and we managed to get started on time and then we managed to do the teas and coffees and it was absolutely amazing you know how God moved within that meeting Thursday night all day Friday even yesterday and even last night there was messages coming in about people who were touched in that meeting touched by God with the, with the presence of God and the worship was absolutely excellent you know the songs they picked they picked were, they were just the right songs because there was people away at the back and they might not have seen the words at the front but it was songs that people knew and God really done something you know special within that meeting there was many people came out for salvation some of them I never knew and, uh, some of them were some guys for the haven but there was two guys in particular one guy I've been meeting up with regular and he goes to the church of Scotland a kind of reserve guy and I've been meeting up with him on a, a regular basis and he went out for salvation and I spoke to him on the, the, the Friday and he's not that type of person who would walk out and he says that took courage he says for me to do that he says but I decided just to go anyway then another guy went out for salvation this is a, a wee guy I'm pal anyway. he's in AA and he's sober for a year then he'll be, he'll be drinking again he's sober for four months then he'll be drinking again and uh, he turned up at the meeting he'd been a couple of times before but no recently he wasn't that interested in, more interested in AA and I says what are you doing here the night. I said, Did you know it was a special meeting? 
And he says, Ah, you text me. I never knew I'd text him. I must have added him in with the text. I say, So you came? He says, Aye. And I turned around and he went out as well for salvation. And he's not that type either, but he decided he wanted to go out, you know. So God really blessed us, you know, with his presence. And Jay Fallon, he's uh, absolutely some, some character, you know, uh, an amazing character, and God really used him. And uh, so, you know, I want to speak this morning about uh, redemption. You know, how that redemption affects our life today. The Bible says, I think it's in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30. Speaking of Jesus Christ, it says he is wisdom from God and sanctification and righteousness and redemption. So it's really saying redemption is a person and that is Jesus Christ. Or redemption can be found in the person of Jesus Christ because Adam is sin you know it absolutely affected everything you know every single thing not just human beings and everything about us but creation itself affected you know animals uh, agriculture absolutely everything in creation Adam's sin has touched you know but I believe in the same way that Adam's sin has touched everything that redemption in the Lord Jesus Christ can also touch everything. That that's what the Bible teaches. See, Adam's sin affected our physical bodies. You know, affected us mentally. You know, it brought sickness and suffering into the world. You know, it brought in addictions. You know, uh, conflict. In relationships, you know, that is a big one, you know, the, 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 to different degrees, you know, I know, you know, I think the more God heals us, the more, the less we're going to have of that, you know, the less our responses will be better to different things, but I know people who are steeped in this stuff, their lives, I'm talking about unsaved people, their lives is, is just constant drama, 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 that it's like it's became a way of life. Every time I talk to this certain person, and he's not a bad guy, he's, a, he's actually a decent guy, but he's just all sorts of stuff going on within his family. And it's, I'm laughing a wee bit, but it's actually not funny. It's constant drama, 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 drama. And that is conflict in relationships. It becomes, some people can become consumed in it. Then some of the rest is, it can affect us to different degrees. You know, and that was a part of the fall. You know, even Adam's sin affects babies. David, says, David the king says in the Psalms, he says, I was born in sin and shaped in iniquity. It's even affecting babies. But this is what the Apostle Paul says. In Galatians chapter 3, verse 13 and verse 14, it says, For Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Now I'm just going to stop right there. When Paul says the curse of the law here, obviously he was referring to the law of Moses, which says don't do this and don't do that and don't do that. And the law of Moses was really, it was, the law wasn't bad within itself. That's what Paul writes in the New Testament. It wasn't bad. But what it did was it exposed the, 
the weaknesses of, of mankind, it exposed the weaknesses and it showed us that, that, that we fall short of the, of the glory of God. So it wasn't bad, but it just exposed the sin and showed us the condition we are really in. So when Paul says, for Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, I really believe what that is pointing to here, what he is pointing to is the curse of sin. You know, then he goes on to say, for, uh, for Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, uh, having become a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is anyone who is hung on a tree. Meaning he took the curse upon himself. You know, the, meaning the consequences of sin and the effect of sin. Then he goes on to say that the blessing of Abraham may come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus to all those who receive the Spirit by faith. Meaning to all those who are, who, who are saved. You know, to all those who are saved, he has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Meaning the curse of sin. So what I'm saying here is redemption from what happened through Adam's sin can be found in the person of Jesus Christ. And you know how so much we need that redemption. We need that. There's a word in, in, in Hebrew. And mo- most of us will know this word. And it is the word shalom. And we uh, translate that word uh, into the word peace. You know, but in the English language it's peace. But in the Hebrew it's shalom. And what it really means, what shalom means is it means nothing missing. And nothing broken. It speaks of welfare and well-being and prosperity and peace and wholeness. And how the world needs shalom. How the church, we need it in the church, shalom. Meaning, in other words, we need redemption. You know, at a whole different degree that we've seen so far. And people, you might have heard somebody saying at some point, the church is just as broken as the world. But I don't really believe that's true. Because the world is broken, and there's brokenness within the church as well, within some of our lives to different degrees. But if, you, if somebody's look at our lives the way we were before, to the way we are now, or to the way that some people are in the world, to the way some of us is, there's a massive comparison. You know that God is bringing restoration to our lives, He's bringing stability, He's bringing uh, direction, He's bringing purpose. You know, he's changing the way we respond to things. You know, he's healing us from the inside out. And that is redemption within itself. And I believe that the more, you know, and I've experienced, the more God heals us, the more we'll respond to each other differently. You know, I can think of the way I was a few years ago, that people would do things to me, or some things would happen in, in relationships, and I would get deeply affected and sometimes even deeply offended you know but in the last few years I've came a long way with that because there's some stuff happening something happened last year some difficulties with a guy and there was a kind of history with this but last year it got quite bad and I'm no longer in contact with him now but I had some major difficulties with him then he went to several people to try and discredit me and you know I never even get offended not one bit. I'd seen him a couple of times and just went up and spoke to him and, and this kind of thing. There is some stuff happening over the Christmas period. Two things in particular, and another thing happened in this month, January. And uh, 
I looked at all the different situations, you know, and one in particular, it was somebody really, kind of somebody that I trusted, you know, really kind of insulted me, you know, in front of people, you know, really, really insulted me, and kind of accused me of something that I never done, you know, and to this point it's still no resolved, you know, but you know, that particular thing affected me a wee bit, but in, in all the various things that I'm, that I'm thinking about right now, some of them never, a couple of them never even affected me, a couple of them did, but I, can, I, I realised they certainly never offended me. You know, they never offended me one bit. And, and I realised that the, the massive kind of change in the last few years, the things would deeply offend me and deeply affect me. You know, and this time it never. You know, and, and you know, the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, it says, Guard your heart with all diligence. For out of it spring the issues of life. See, this is where we function for. We function from the inside, from our heart. Because once offence gets in, you know, it can become, it can turn into resentment. And from resentment, resentment to bitterness. And the Bible says this, it says bitterness defiles it defiles our whole being. You know, if you meet a bit a better person, it'll come out in other conversations. You know, they've got issues with this, with that, the next thing. You know, I had a real battle with unforgiveness for a few years there, you know, up to last year. And, and, and I watched God do a miracle, you know, in, in my life last year. It was maybe last year, 2019, in the summertime. And I don't know... If that bitterness was there for you, I was a child because of all the trauma I went through, or, or it came in as a Christian, and, and, and stuff happened, and maybe it just let, as a Christian it latched onto that bitterness, but it was already there. I'm not really sure, but I know it was there. And from about 2013, I, I became very resentful against this kind of couple, then another guy as well. But these people were in ministry, and, and I kind of worked closely with them, but, but I, I kind of got victory after a couple of years with the first issue. And I'm thinking, and, and what, what I thought was, all that stuff that guy done, or was supposed to have done, he never really done it to me. So why did I become very bitter? And every time I met him, he couldn't have been any nicer to me, you know, and I had to kind of repent of that kind of wrong thinking. But the other couple that I was struggling with, I'd, I'd kind of worked closely with him, and there were some good times, but there was some bad kind of stuff happened as well, and some difficult things. But for about three years, for six years all in, for the first three years, this bitterness, it kind of took a hold of me to the point where it kind of peaked and it was going over and over and over in my mind. And uh, I was thinking, how am I going to get vindication? And how are these people going to get exposed? And, and I think it was because I was so broken already from childhood that this stuff really got a hold of me, you know, and got a grip of me. And one day... I was in this guy's house, his name's Ben, he lives in Muir House, he's a Nigerian guy, and we're praying, and we're praying, and we're praying, and walking about his living room praying. And this is exactly what happened, as God is my witness. The guy, it was a guy and his wife that I was struggling with this resentment over, and uh, what happened was, he started quoting this name to me, and it, and it was the guy's first name. And he kept saying it and saying it and saying it. He says, I'm hearing this name. And he's saying the guy's first name and saying the guy's first name. And he says to me, and I said something to him, and I'm, I'm, I just paused. And he knew, he never knew this guy. He never even, I'd never even mentioned this guy to him. 
And then he says to me, have you got some issue with somebody called... And he said the guy's first name, and I'm like, no way, this is unbelievable. He had, this guy moves very accurately in the prophetic, very, very accurately. The ministry that I started in Motherwell, he prophesied that in 2015, prophesied that accurately. He says, God's ready to open up an extraordinary door. It's going to be a shocking door. And uh, I never knew what it was, and a few months later, the, the ministry started. He's, he's spot on in the prophetic. So I ended up telling him, I says, I'm struggling with unforgiveness towards this particular person not just him his wife as well and uh, and, he, and he says I really really served that guy and, and then this happened that happened and it doesn't matter what happened now but he says listen he says what you've done is recorded meaning God will bless you for it anyway he says God's dealing with that guy and he's got some weaknesses he says but you need to let this go so I knew this is this is getting serious you know God was really confronting me and challenging me and the very next day I was in my bedroom and I prayed to God and I says, God, how do I get the victory over this unforgiveness? You know, I feel totally powerless over this. You know, I, I, I just seem, I can't do it. And God answered me. And he says to me, you need to change your thinking. So I, I thought, okay. So when these thoughts were coming in, I began to reject them or I began to replace them with other thoughts where I bless that person, I bless his wife, I pray for them, I pray for them. And I think through that, God can begin to soften their hearts. The Bible says in the book of Ezekiel that we can have a heart of stone. But God wants to give us a heart of flesh, I mean, they'll begin to soften our hearts, you know, but we've got a better attitude towards people and respond to things better. So, but it continued for another three years, but I began to change my thinking and change my thinking. But even after six years, it was as if the root was still there, but I was just trusting God I was going to get a miracle. You know, last June, I think it was, but it was the summertime anyway, I was up in Edinburgh, my daughter, we went to Edinburgh, me and my daughter. And she, she wanted to drive because she was going to be moving up there with, 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 to student accommodation. And she says, I want to drive and find my way about. You show me how to get into Edinburgh and blah, blah, blah. I says, that's okay, you drive. And that's the first time we've done that. And I never had a clue how to be about Edinburgh. I says, well, we'll try that anyway. And uh, we went in and we're driving back down the road, the motorway. These people had moved to another country. And I thought, I'll never see them again, you know. But driving back down and a text came in. And it was a woman I know. And she says, the guy is over the now. And we're going to have a reunion next week. And uh, do you want to come? You're, I'm, I'm inviting you. But it wasn't the name it was inviting. But it was just this kind of mutual woman. This woman who, who we knew. And I thought, well, and I text back. Well, I don't really think I'll make it. I said, because I'm kind of working later on that day. And blah, blah, blah. But as we continued further, I took my phone out again and I sent her a text again. I says, send me his, can you send me his number? And I hadn't seen him for about six years, five, maybe five years or whatever. And because I'd spoken about some of this stuff to him before. So I texted him back in, she says, there's his number. And I phoned him, no answer, later on that day. But then he sent me a text, I sent him a text, sent another text. And I says, I'm not sure if this guy's wanting to meet up, but I'm trying to reach out anyway. But then another text came in, do you want to meet? I says, that would be great. So I decided to go and meet him, it was a, a Friday. And I thought, I'm going to give him a gift, because I kind of live by faith and stuff like that. I'm going to step out. So I met the guy, and we were in the house, he was staying in this particular house. I decided not to mention the past. And that stuff that I was carrying, because I kind of thought of it, I reached out to him. You know, to make that contact, it was broken in one day. One single day. And it wasn't just broken. This resentment, it never just kind of went. 
and, and I met his wife the next week and she gave me a prophetic word God's confirmed it now about five times and he gave me some the movement of the gift of prophecy and he gave me some prophetic kind of words as well but this stuff that I was carrying for six years that I could not get the victory over God broke it in one day one day and it never just broke it he took it away and he replaced it with affection and I had an amazing time with that guy that day then, then spent time with him and his wife as well and I went to the reunion and it was absolutely amazing you know how we're still in contact we're back in contact again through the, the back in our country and through text messaging and whatsapp and stuff like that but that day I was with him he says to me you're a breath of fresh air and he says to me I've had an amazing time the other day and the past was not mentioned you know and you know but this is the thing you know what Jay Fallon says the other night I thought that was really interesting and really true he says about how God had delivered them from addiction he says and delivered them from this and that he says but that's really nothing it's nothing in comparison with being delivered from unforgiveness you know from being able to forgive his stepfather you know he says that I'm not going to get all his testimony but but he says that he hated his stepfather and he wanted to murder him, wanted to kill him. See, I think he says something along the lines and he says, when my stepfather was dying, he says, I was the first person at his bedside. You know, at his bedside, he says, the power of forgiveness. You know, and really, you might have been here today and maybe somebody is struggling with unforgiveness you know and really I, I felt powerless over it and really I felt God had to do it through me it was the grace of God came upon my life I think we just need to be willing you know and God can do the rest he can step in and do the rest you know and now I'm very aware about letting this stuff back in because when a fence gets in it can take root guard your heart with all diligence for out of it spring the issues of life and God wants to set us free you know that is from resentment from offence you know from getting offended you know do something within us so we're not easily offended we're not easily affected by the stuff going on with relationships the stuff going on within our lives and I feel that's what God's done within me see when God does a work in our lives I believe it's multifaceted. There's many different aspects to it. There's many different layers. I heard a guy preaching a message. It was on the 5th of December. It was Alistair Matheson actually. And he spoke about two scriptures. And I'm going to just mention those scriptures. But I thought about them on and off for the 5th of December. Then on the 2nd of January... I actually met up with Graham. We met up at the, over at the showcase in McDonald's. Then after we came out, we went into his car and we were praying. And he was praying, and I was praying, he was praying, and I was praying. And God spoke to me very clearly. Nothing to do with anything we were praying about. But just these two scriptures the guy had preached about on the 5th of December. And the first scripture was Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33. It's a well-known verse. And it says, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness then all these things shall be added unto you and God began to speak to me as I sat in Graham's car and it was very you know it was so simple but I was so encouraged but it was so profound and this is what I felt God was saying to me he was saying to me this is really just about one thing seek first the kingdom of God this is our part in it and his righteousness, his righteousness meaning to be changed. It's his character, righteousness, 
then all these things shall be added unto you. See, we can seek after many, many things in life. We can if we make that choice to do that. But he's saying, seek this one thing. And everything else, excuse me, everything else you need, you attract it. And this is what I felt God was saying to me. He was saying to me this, for 17 years, I have only been doing one thing in your life. One simple thing. And it's if you seek me, if you make that choice to seek me, I'm establishing righteousness in your life. You know, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Then all these things shall be added unto you. And this is what God wants to do in every one of our lives. That we would seek him and his hand would come upon our life and he'll begin to establish righteousness. When I say righteousness, I'm not talking about the righteousness where we are justified by faith, meaning right, right standing with God. In Romans chapter 5 verse 1 it says, Therefore having been justified by faith, we are peace with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. That's talking about justification, meaning through what Christ done on the cross. But there's another righteousness, and it's the righteousness that, that Jesus is talking about here, but God begins to change us. And that's like, the first righteousness is like positional righteousness. We have right standing with God, we're accepted, we are justified. But this other righteousness is, becomes experiential, where it begins to change us from the inside out. But it begins to establish righteousness in our life. And Jesus said, when that begins to happen, you will attract every single thing you need. He's saying, all these things shall be added unto you. See, we don't need to run after ministry. We don't need to seek ministry or any other thing. What we need to do is seek God. You know, one God and everything else will happen. You know, in that particular day, on the 2nd of January, I was so encouraged, you know, and so comforted because it's as if God kind of spoke that to me and he made it so simple. This is so, so, so simple. We just need to do one thing. He does something else in response, establishes righteousness in our life, which is multifaceted. See, what God is doing in our lives, we are only seeing a small part of it. We don't fully understand it. The Bible says that we see in part and we know in part. It's only God that has seen the fuller picture because there's, there's, so, it's, there's multiple layers connected with it. He's doing so many different things at the same time. You might say, oh, I feel I'm quite struggling in that area. And, 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 and I've got weaknesses maybe in that particular area but you know God is doing many things he's doing so many things if we're seeking him in our life in, in regard to that he's changing us and the other scripture that came to me that I had heard for the message was very similar again and it's Romans chapter 14 verse 17 and it says this for the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking. I mean, it's not about other things, but it's righteousness. This righteousness again, and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. So Pope Jesus was said the first thing, the first scripture I mentioned, this other one is Paul. And Paul is saying, or he could be saying, we could take that out of it, that it starts with righteousness. And out of righteousness comes peace and joy in the Holy Spirit see peace the more God sets us free on the inside the less conflict we've got you know within 
the most peace we'll have. And really, I believe that begins through God changing us, you know, establishing righteousness in our lives. Out of that, he's setting us free and comes peace. And out of that comes joy. And he says it's all done in the Holy Spirit, meaning it is supernatural. It is God who does it. It is not a work of our own. It is not through self-will. It is not through determination. It is not through religious performance. It is not through ticking boxes. It is God that comes and just takes over and does it. He changes us from the inside out. That's why we can relax even with our weaknesses, even in the areas we struggle. Because I came at the point years ago where I thought, I cannot change myself. So see if I went into that conversation there and I regret it, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give myself too much of a hard time about it. Because God can I can't change myself. Only God can change me. You know how do we experience this redemption because the Bible says that the redemption uh, Paul says in the, the verses I mentioned earlier that redemption he has already done it at the cross for Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law having become a curse for us for it is written that cursed is anyone who is hung on a tree that the blessing of Abraham may come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus you know how do we access that redemption well I said earlier that redemption is really a person and his name is Jesus Christ and we need to go deeper and deeper into him see when we try to go deeper into the things of God and into the things of the, the Holy Spirit there will be a resistance there's always a resistance there's opposition that we need to press through but in that opposition you know God is maturing us you know and he's testing us and he's allowing us to get through things and he's really strengthening us and fortifying us on the inside the Apostle Paul says in Ephesians chapter 3 verse 16 that he may grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened by might through his spirit in the inner man you know he wants to strengthen us in the inner man it's a process, it's a working it's a, a, a work of God that is supernatural in our lives that is multifaceted but preparation is taking place in Psalm 30 130 sorry verse 7 it says this O Israel that could be us we could refer that to us as individuals today O Israel meaning O the church or O me as an individual an individual O Israel hope in the Lord we have to hope in the Lord for with the Lord there is mercy that could mean forgiveness and with him is abundant redemption See, even in the Old Testament, before Jesus Christ came, they were talking about redemption. But it says abundant redemption. You know, and after the cross, you know, where he says, for Christ has redeemed us from that curse of the law. That redemption is available. In Romans chapter 8, it speaks of a time of, uh, speaks of a time before the, the return of Jesus Christ we were going to begin to experience that redemption. You know, that restoration in a scale that we have never experienced before. In that chapter, it says things that the creation itself is groaning. Groaning, wanting to be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. 
also says, for the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the manifestation of the sons of God. It's speaking of something at the end of the age, you know, before the return of Christ, before there's a new heaven and a new earth, but it's going to take place called the manifestation of the sons of God. The things are going to begin to shift. God is going to begin to break the curse to some degree, you know, over creation and release the glory of God that we're singing about this morning. And really, release redemption on a scale we have never seen before. Redemption for our bodies, you know, our minds, where it impacts relationships. Another verse for Romans chapter 8, and it's verse 23, and it says this, Paul says this, Not only that, but we also, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves, growing within ourselves, eagerly waiting for the adoption, the redemption of the body. And he's speaking of redemption within that chapter where it says in Hebrews chapter 6 verse 5 that there's people going to begin to taste the good word of God and the powers of the age to come. You know, I'm believing, you know, God is going to do something. You know, we're talking about the Billy Graham thing and different things that are going on. And we're believing that he's going to do something. Not, I don't just believe it. I know, you know, with everything within my being God is going to do something you know and it's really about we're going to experience this redemption you know this wholeness this restoration this healing in a way that we have never experienced before so you know what do we need to do for that we need to press into God we need to go deeper that woman that couple I told you about I'll just finish with this but that couple I told you about uh, that, that I met with last summer and, and God set me free you know, for this stuff I was carrying after six years God done a, 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 an absolute miracle and you know, I just, people don't affect me the way they used to you know, when things happen but the woman gave me a, a prophetic word I was telling her the woman, she's, she's kind of younger than me and uh, she she, I was telling her how I'd, been, I'd met my sister and I never knew before and, and I'd, I'd been restored to my daughter and she says to me I'm hearing the, the Lord say there is more to come and uh, I thought that's a good word but I never thought too much of it so that night I decided to go and read this article it was a prophetic word uh, for about 18 months before it that I'd read it was on the internet it was a corporate prophetic word and I decided to go and read it and I don't know why I was reading it because I'd read it once when it was published and 18 months later or about two years later I decided to read it again she gave me that word during the day and I'm deciding to read this at night when I was at work so I'm reading this word and I get to a bit in it, a sentence that says there is more to come that was the word she gave me during the day and I knew why God had put it on my heart to go back and read that word because he was giving me a confirmation that which she says is right there is more to come so this community this year and just about two weeks ago or a week and a half ago I go back and I read this word again on the internet the, the corporate one but it's got this sentence in it there is more to come and I'm kind of thinking about that sentence there is more to come so that woman gave me it, then it was confirmed through the, the, the corporate word, then I go back to it again, just in the last two weeks. Then this is what happens. Know that Thursday, but the Thursday before, the guy's speaking in the meeting, his name's Stephen Webster. And we're walking out, and he says to me, there is more to come. And I'm thinking, no way. I just, I've been meditating on that sentence. That's three times I've had that. 
I go to visit a guy last Monday night, his name's Graham McDonald, and uh, he's been in the meeting the last three weeks, and he says to me, there is more to come. This is several times now. So end, end up, so Thursday night there, the meeting's finishing, we're walking out, I think Sandy, you were walking out as well, Sandy went to his car, but we're the last people out of the place, I'm going to my car, and Jay Fallon is going to his car, and he says to me, there's more to come. And I'm saying, no way. That is five times I've had about three times within a week. Three times within a week. And I know God is saying, that's not just for me. That's for anybody who wants it. Anybody who would press in, there is more to come. Not just for our personal lives. More to come in the area of restoration, healing, redemption. But for corporately, you know, we're going to see something. You know, God is stirring people. You know, he's moving in people's lives. So I'm just going to pray and uh, hand it back. I'm looking forward to the men's meeting on Tuesday to see Mayor Mullen. My brother-in-law, Jimmy, they've started going to a... I don't know if Jimmy is, but Jillian's going to a church in Mishaw. She just told me that. Uh, she started going to a church in Mishaw. But Jimmy said to me about two or three times, you going to the men's meeting? you going to the men's meeting? you going, I'll pick you up. I'll pick you up. So he's looking forward to it. He really enjoys that. I'm really enjoying that meeting as well. So uh, I'm just going to pray. And uh, Mayor Mullen, he'll really good... I'm looking forward to listening to hear what he's got to say. But thank you, it's nice to be with you this morning. And Father, we come here, Lord, and oops, we can come with different issues, Lord, and we can wear masks, Lord, we can be healed, Lord, to a degree, but there can be a part of us still broken, Lord. But Lord, we believe in your dealing with those parts of us, Lord, but need restored, but need redeemed, but need healed but need renewed. Lord, we're not looking for the other things this morning, Lord, the added extras, Lord, but the ministry of prosperity or whatever it may be. Lord, we're just looking for you. We just want God this morning, Lord, and in these days, Lord, and out of that, everything else will attract that we need. Oh, Lord, we're crying out, Lord, we just want to please you. For before Enoch was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Lord, we want to live for you, Lord. I don't mean for a religious perspective, performance perspective, Lord, but for a heart posture. Lord, we want to serve you, Lord. We want to make a difference for you on this earth, Lord. We bring Bill before you again, Lord, and Kathy, Lord. May just ask you to touch their lives, Lord, who both have got various health stuff going on, Lord. May I ask you, Lord, for to be with them, Lord, this morning, Lord, with the comfort of the Holy Spirit, Lord, that you speak to them through the Word of God, Lord, that it would be strengthened, Lord, through the promises, Lord, in your Word. Lord, I pray for every single person in this place, Lord, that you would touch their lives, Lord, including myself, Lord, you would touch their lives, touch their families, Lord, touch their relationships, Lord. Reveal it is, Lord, that everything is going to be okay, Lord, despite what is going on in our lives, that everything is going to be okay, Lord. May you reveal it is, Lord, that the way things are is not the way things are going to be, but there is more to come. Lord, give us the power, Lord, and the grace not to get offended, Lord. And if we do, Lord, I have got offence, Lord, to forgive, Lord. The power of forgiveness, Lord. It sets us free from the inside out. It sets the captives free. The truth shall be known, and the truth shall set you free. And he who the sun sets free is free indeed. So thank you, Lord, for this time. In Jesus' name.